Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How's everyone doing? How you guys doing? Fantastic. Yeah, me too. I'm doing great. We had a great weekend at the Wrestling Guy store. Shit, a lot of people turned out. It was fantastic. Um, hey, I was just thinking as we were listening to that intro, like, hey, uh, that, that voice, it's so creepy, man. It's so, like, pervy sounding, isn't it? <laughs> Who's is that? Who is that? Wait. Uh, no, yeah, just that really like creepy. A asshole. Yeah. Where'd you guys find that? Yeah. Next pack. I think he's in the booth right now. Oh, we gotta be shit. <laughs> is that you, Marcus? Yeah, it's me. You didn't know it was him. Really? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your worker, Sean. Your worker. Just giving me shit. Just giving me shit. It's a ruse. So yeah, wrestling guy store. Amazing. It was great, Such a right? Great time. I mean, it's easy, like you throw out these words like great, amazing, excellent, but it really was. Yeah. You know the people. It was. We showed up. I was about twenty minutes late, and uh, people well, were lined up. Tell them why. Oh, the Uber driver canceled on me, and then the other guy shows up and he sees me standing there with Lou, and he goes, "I don't think I can go." And I just kind of, you know, come I, on, man. yeah, I come on to him, and like, you know, I got semi hot, and he, he felt bad for me, and he took me. So that's good. Yeah, I ended up being kind of cool guy. Anyways, we made it. And yeah, the people were there. People were so happy to see you. Some some of those poor people were standing out, and they were wrapped around the the building. And when when you go around the corner, man, it's like the sun's just beating down on those poor oh, wow. people. I felt so bad. At least it's not cold or raining. Yeah, yeah. but so yeah, there's some footage right here nice. of people standing outside waiting for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and uh, you know, Lulu was there. Uh, the the guy that drew the picture of me. Wow, <laughs> man. His name was Anthony, oh shit, Perius, something like that? I don't know, but I was glad he showed up, because he wasn't there when they presented oh, wow. to you. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's tremendous. So, Did he give you a copy of it to keep? No. No, we're going <laughs> to no. get copies, though. Okay. For sure, yeah. We're going to make That's some awesome. merch out of that. It was so amazing. anyway, yeah, so it was a great time. I want to thank everyone for coming out, and thank you to a couple people who like, brought me gifts. Yeah, Alex Marino was one of them. Yeah. Brought you a little goodie bag. Yeah. I know um, one of the coolest things for me was there was a father and son there, and the son was hearing in Paris, so the yes. dad was like signing for him. And he, he paid for two photo ops. One, so he could do it with the NWO shirt. He throws oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, okay, he wants to change his shirt. And Sean's like, has he got a DX shirt under there? And he did. And he was so <laughs> happy. So he did two photo ops. There was a lot of kids and families. And just Everyone was having a great time. That's and awesome. showed how many generations you've really touched from, like, father to son. 
and they're both still fans of you. And there is even one guy, oh, the guy that brought you the goodie bag, uh, had you sign an 8x10 for his kid who's like a year old, and he's like, in 10 years, I can give him this, and he'll really appreciate it. Oh, that was him that that gave me that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. It was. Such a great day. And uh, when, you know, when you've, okay, I'm not, obviously, I haven't been a main stay on television and well over a decade, over 15 years. And so when you show up and there's all these people waiting for you and, you know, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, the, you know, I was mentioning to the Uber guy, oh, yeah, this is what I do and, you know, I got to be here. And I was trying to tell him, look, I, it wouldn't be a big deal to me if there weren't these people waiting. Waiting for you? Yeah. And so when he saw that, when he pulled up, it kind of, I, I think it was he, surprised that yeah. I actually. He realized you weren't bullshitting him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, we're in L.A. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at the pictures of you with fans, and one of my favorite parts was trying to spot Lula in, in some of the pictures. I would see her in the corner right over here, and then the other corner, so I was like, spot Lula. So that was pretty cool. Because she's expecting that she's going to be in every picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the wrestling guy store is really cool, yeah. though, because they have, like, it's like a small little wrestling haven, yeah. like, in the middle, like, just, like, some random location. Yeah. It's pretty cool that you go in and you find all this stuff and all this cool artwork, so... Yeah, cool. and yeah. he's got Billy Gunn this weekend, and then in two weeks, I think he has Emma coming. Yeah, he has Emma. Yeah. So, and good stuff, man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, I had this huge brain fart just now. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I hate it when that happens. So, yeah, thank you to everyone. Wrestling Guy Store, it was great. Oh, I know what the brain fart was. Our special guest this week, we're going to talk about uh, the... Uh, Raw 25 this week is going to be Scott Hall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just like hit him up on the way here. I'm like, hey, you want to come on the show real quick? From episode one to episode yeah. 70. Wow. Yeah. All the all the pre-planning that goes into this show, painstaking <laughs> planning. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let's get to some news real quick. Hello? Xbox <laughs> 123 60 Wrestling News. All right, so Rick Flair <laughs> is a very happy man. Um, his daughter, Megan Flair, is engaged to Conrad Thompson, and he announced it on Twitter. So it seems like he's really, really excited about this. Conrad's such a sweetheart of a guy. So, did you ever meet him? Anybody ever, ever meet I Conrad? Him, I met him once awesome with you. Guy. He was great. Yeah, great, right? Yeah, such a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, we had dinner with yeah. him, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, so. And he's getting married to Megan Flair. And that made me think of, like, uh, obviously I'm totally stoked for those two, but it made me think of one particular house show, like, in Tampa, when, okay, the, the weekly shows were, on Tuesday night were at a place called University of Tampa Spartan Sports Center. And I think it was Rick, I think he wrestled Jay Youngblood that night. Uh, as a replacement, Jay was a replacement, and but the the story the story I'm getting at is Megan brought my wrestling book that George Napolitano made with Rick in it, and and actually brought it into her dad and had him sign it for me. Like when Rick never really did autographs back then, you yeah, know. So, so that's super cool. Yeah, it was very cool of her. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Conrad, everyone like. It's hard not to like Conrad. Like uh, people that listen to the, you know, something to wrestle and uh, what happened when, and you know, there's some other things 
that he's got coming up that I know about that I'm not going to tell anyone. Uh, I love it. Like when I know something and I tell you people I know it, but I'm not going to tell them. It makes me feel like I know something they don't. Well, because I, I do. Duh. You think she's going to change her name? I don't know. I don't know. She can hyphenate it. Yeah. Megan Flair Thompson. Okay. That has a nice ring to nice. it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they look they look very, very content and happy together in that picture we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So uh, very cool. Always happy to uh, hear things like that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Even if I don't even know who they are, I'm happy. <laughs> but especially if I know them. So what else is up? WWE Performance Center has a new signee. So Ricochet is going to be reporting to WWE Performance Center. Uh, he's been in the business for over 14 years. So what do you guys think about that? Uh, seeing his farewell at PWG this weekend was very touching. Mm. And it was it was uh, great. He had a guerrilla warfare match against Chuck Taylor. And then after he lost the belt, Chuck got the microphone and told the story about training him since he was like 15 in Paducah, Kentucky. And, you know, always knowing he'd be better than him and like... He'd make it to the WWE, and now he's going there. And then Ricochet got on the mic. It was like, it's 100% true. Like, I wouldn't be where I am without Chuck Mm. Taylor. He was the one that made sure we got the bookings and drove all the miles and, you know, set up my website and did all this stuff. So Wait a minute. Like, I thought I read something that Chuck, like, healed on him and said, enjoy 205 Live, you piece of shit. No, No. that didn't happen? No. I wonder why I saw that. Maybe... Maybe going into this show, because, oh, okay. like, last show after Ricochet won, he took the mic and was like, I'm better than you. I always knew I'd be better than you kind of thing. So maybe it was uh, okay. teasing to this, but no, it was very heartfelt mm. and brotherly love. Not like, yeah, you're going to suck and you're going to go on 205 Live and job out to Hideo. <laughs> but it was really good. I, I, I don't know what the plans are for Ricochet. I, are they going to put him in 205 Live? Does anyone know? I would think that's where he's headed. I just hope he gets to keep his name and his look. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure he'll keep his look. Um, in completely unrelated news, Vinny Massaro did report that Prince Puma has moved to uh, Tijuana to help El Generico with the orphanage. <laughs> yeah. Um, originally reported by Vinny Massaro, so make sure you give credit to him. But uh, yeah, Ricochet is very, very, very exciting uh, news. He's been wanting to go there forever. Yeah. He's one of those guys that could just stay on the indies forever and write his own check like the Young Bucks, but he's always wanted to be in WWE. His roommates in WWE, he, you know, he's been he's been building towards us for years and years. WWE's wanted to sign him ever since the first season of Lucha Underground. Yeah. So I'm glad it's finally happened. And he's I, not the only one. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. no, 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 no. You you continue with Ricochet. I uh I just I think like a couple of friends of mine like in private, we're like question. Okay, yeah, he's obviously does amazing things, but yeah, like they question, like you know, maybe like he could work on, you know, character I, I, development. Well, yeah. like just other things that that guys my age think that uh, guys his age should do. You know, slow down or you know. Well, he's. He, I, I've got to watch him develop so much, and he was. You know, he did have a bunch of knocks yeah. on him early in his career, but yeah. But here's the thing. Like, all those things are correctable. Yeah, yeah. You cannot. There's nothing. Like, those, like, the the fact that he can do those things that he does, okay, a lot of hard work goes into that. But 99.99% of the people on this earth could work just as hard as him and never be able to even come close to doing the shit that guy no, does. Yeah. Yeah. All right? So, 
I'll take that. You can teach him all the other things that he might have shortcomings as far as like, you know, chinks in his armor uh, sure. when it comes to his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are very few. You also can't teach the charisma that he right. has. Yeah. Just and the, the, the likability factor. I mean, okay, I mean, there's different kinds of charisma, right? Sure. Like there's yeah, that yeah. real, like... Uh, um, the awe of like walking into a room and everyone or, or what am I flamboyant like oh. or really sure. boom yeah. out there or it's just he's got that. a big personality yeah. like I mean just look at the di- like so Will Ospreay is what 23 mm-hmm. look at the difference between Will Ospreay and Ricochet right now like Ricochet you like look at Ricochet he's Ricochet yeah. you look at Will Ospreay and like what you talk about with Will Ospreay is like all the things he can do yeah. but that's where Ricochet was when he was 22 and 23. Yeah. And when he was in Chikara and like had started his own clap after every move and you know just didn't understand what it was to be a pro wrestler. And Will Ospreay is sort of in that place right yeah. now. And, and, but Ricochet's got it all figured out. And I think that he's got you know, limitless potential in WWE. The thing that I, some people don't realize is he's pound for pound one of the strongest guys oh, I've dude, ever seen. He's a freakishly strong dude. He's- yeah. yeah. That Northern Lions pull through deadlift suplex? Yeah, yeah, that's not easy. Who was it that ripped that off from him on TV the other day? Someone, uh, was it Seth? Seth I, Rollins does Seth the Rollins. superplex in the Falcon yeah. Arrow. Yeah. Uh, that's his move. Yeah, and like we were going back and forth about that on Twitter. <laughs> like I said, I joked, I said, yeah, the, the, the effed up part is, is you're going to get there and they're going to tell you not to steal his move. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of shit they'll do, right? Wow. Oh, that's his move. Yeah, but I invented it. Yeah, but it's his move here. <laughs> well, Just Incredible used to talk about that because he would do the Tombstone pile driver. Yeah. But that was Undertaker's move, yeah. so he's like, can't do that. And that he was like, and I do the super kick. Shawn Michaels' move, can't yeah. do that either. <laughs> so uh, Brian Christopher told me a story one time about... <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? I don't know. I probably know. He was close. using the super kick as a finisher before Shawn was, and then Shawn, like, Told him to knock it off, basically, like confronted him in an elevator. <laughs> huh? Maybe, but I, I don't like. I don't know. I, I, I never heard that story. Mm. But like, okay, Shawn Michaels, if he wants to use the super kick, <laughs> sure. guess what? No sure. one else is. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. just the way it is. Sorry. Like, sure. yeah, yeah. It's it's f dub bullshit, uh, whatever. But it's, it's life. Yeah, for sure. Come up with something else. <laughs> Either that or just don't use that finish anymore. Yeah. She use it as a high spot. Yeah. Or not high spot, whatever. You know. You know just what have I'm a saying. super kick party. She use it as a false finish. <laughs> so what else? Uh WWE has si- also signed a May Young competitor. So Candice LeRae, she was in the Mae Young Classic. She has been signed to the WWE. There have been like rumors about it for uh, months now, but it's been uh, confirmed that she's going to be one of the new trainees there. Good for her. Yeah, long overdue. Yeah, we were expecting that to happen at some point. You know, yeah, I well, I was. I think after seeing her in the Mae Young Classic, like this is one of the things that I spoke about on the panel that every match that she had, she just made every competitor look even more. I guess you can say better than maybe they actually were just because she was that good. And she was doing things that I feel like we don't get to see much of, you know, here in the women's roster. So seeing her do that stuff and seeing this come to life for her, especially after seeing her so long in the NDC, it's so excited to see this happen for her. And she just looks so happy. I think that they could do a lot with her. I think she has a great look. She's got a lot of talent. She has so much experience under her belt that this is going to be like 
I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with her. Well, the yeah. other thing that's exciting about her coming in is in the announcement on WWE.com, in the WWE Now YouTube video that Kathy Kelly hosted, and during May Young Classic, they've specifically said every instance, oh, Candice LeRae is well known for wrestling men as well. She's mm-hmm. an intergender wrestler. Yeah. And they've just been planting that seed throughout. So I'm thinking, like, you know, it makes a lot of sense for her to pair up with Johnny Gargano and go after uh, Almas and uh, Zelina Vega. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's uh, that's appealing to think about. Well, it's nice that like two years ago they never would have mentioned anything like that. They wouldn't have mentioned it. They would have tried to get that as far out of people's minds as possible. Mm-hmm. But this one, they're like bringing her in specifically. Like she's the lady that wrestles men. Like that's cool. Okay. I wonder if this affects her hot topic deal with Joey Ryan. Uh, probably. <laughs> Well, um, I doubt it. After the announcements were made, Pro Wrestling Tees sent out an email blast saying, we don't know when these four people's shirts are going to be pulled off Pro Wrestling Tees, so you better get them now. Because mm-hmm. it happens at some point. Like, yeah. Adam Cole's had to go away. Like, Bobby Frisch and Kyle O'Reilly's had to go away. So, you never know. You're really happy for Candace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to do amazing. Especially, I think, a couple of years back, I was on a road trip with Joey Ryan, and they were talking about Lucha Underground trying to sign both of them. Mm-hmm. And they were debating. She didn't know. Like, he didn't know. And she really wanted to go to the WWE. But he was telling her, like, you better get on that because you're getting to that age bracket <laughs> where they're like, eh, we don't want you anymore. Yeah. And to see, like, not her, her only, like, go to the Mae Young Classic and kill it to where she got a contract. But now, like, the whole world is open. And like mm-hmm. what Bill's saying, like, maybe this is the next step to finally getting back to intergender wrestling. And actually making it mean something, not like, oh, this is a sideshow, it's funny, Andy Kaufman's going to yeah. pick a girl out of the crowd and mess with her for a while. I, 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 don't, like, th- I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and, but I do think with the Mixed Match Challenge starting up, too, they're starting to test the waters a li- just a little bit. We uh, Last night on the Mixed Match, match Challenge, uh, Sasha Banks went for a dive, and uh, Shinsuke caught her. She was going for a dive on Natty, and Shinsuke caught her set her down on the apron and she just wanted to go. She's like, come on, yeah. let's do it. Just jump for him again and he moved and she hit Natty. So they're they're testing the waters a little bit, but I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Okay. What else is up? <laughs> May Young, <laughs> a May Young competitor actually goes under neck surgery. So pretty sad, Jazzy Gabert. She was actually um, supposed to be signed, and apparently WWE kind of took away that because she needed to get a neck surgery. And the whole thing about that is that she actually put up a GoFundMe page to kind of support that. Um, So just FYI, if you guys do want to support it, um, it hasn't reached to its full um, number. You can go GoFundMe.com, Alpha Female Surgery Support, if you want to support her. Yes, please do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whenever you see something like this, well, whenever I do, it it, it, it really bums me out for that. That person because you know uh she hasn't even she's just getting started you know and uh uh anyways hopefully everything goes well for her i mean i know she's had the surgery but hopefully the recovery goes well and she can't wrestle i you know yeah. it's going to be like 10 for me it was 10 months around 10 months right uh, luckily i i was great and fortunate enough and blessed enough to be under uh WCW contract, which was Time Warner, which meant I got hundred uh, percent of my money the whole yeah. time I was off. Yeah. So, but she's not getting. She, there's no no income coming in for her, and um, I'm asking people to like help out 
because I did myself. Sure. And I, you know, I'm not going to ask somebody to do it if I'm not. So, um, yeah, please help her if you can. So the website's GoFundMe.com slash Alpha Female Surgery Support. Never met her in my life either. So I just you see things like that and it's kind of you know you can't give to everyone, but certain things that you know make you just want to do for. Yeah. certain situations. Yeah, and the classic, she was just, she was one of those people that you remember. She was such a, uh, she was a great, great competitor, so mm-hmm. I definitely want to see her kind of bounce back from people this. People were hyped for her. That was one of the things that I noticed that a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I like her look. I like yeah. how she's just like, you know, has this monstrous vibe, you know. People she like that. Yeah. She would have for sure gotten signed if she hadn't, if they hadn't found the stuff with her neck, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, it, like, the silver lining there is, she probably wouldn't have gotten that physical if she hadn't had the Mayan Classic and they wanted to sign her and she probably wouldn't have found out about the serious problems in her neck. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the silver lining, I guess, is yep. that she found out about it. Better She's late got than it never. corrected. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, obviously, you know, wishing the best for Jazzy Gabbard. Absolutely. Anything else? Uh, number, another WWE superstar will not be completing in the Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> So it was announced that Paige is not going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble due to neck injuries, um, but they kind of just left it at that. They didn't give any further details as far as she's going to be coming back into the ring or any of that stuff. So we don't know exactly what's going to be happening with Paige. Everyone was quick to say, like, I, people couldn't wait to be the first one to report that Paige is done uh, and she's not, you know, she's done for good. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. It very well may be. But I think that maybe people jumped the gun on that. Like, uh, I mean, speaking from one of the people that had to report on it, yeah, the very first thing that anyone heard from it was Mike Johnson's report saying that the first report was doctors have told Paige that she, they will never clear her and that she's done in WWE. That was the first report. Mm. So like, that's what I had to go on. That's what every other outlet had to go. I on. didn't see. I didn't. See, no, I'm just. I'm I just, just saw it like immediately, like yeah. on a tweet, like somebody was. No, it was nuts. Like that was crazy. But I, like that's that's why it happened like that because the very first news that anyone heard of it was Mike Johnson reporting. She's done in WWE. And they were also saying that was very similar to Edge's situation. And, you know, we all know what happened there. So I think that that's probably why so many people were like, okay, well, her career's over. Her career's over. That's when I first saw it. I was like, oh, man. So when they said her career was over, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to believe it because this is what they're saying. And right away, the first thing that I sent out was, you know, honestly, say what you want about Paige because there's been some bad stuff said about her in the past. But the fact is that she is young. She has so much potential, as we all know, as we've already seen, and so much more that it, if this is true, it's really heartbreaking to see this happen for her, especially since she's just making the comeback, getting it all you know, back together. Yeah. These things, though, they happen, yeah. and there's, there's always a silver lining in these, these uh, uh, you know, obstacles we, we face in life. You know, they might not be obvious... Uh, at the time because the situation is the shits. It right. sucks. Mm-hmm. But I even me when when I've had when I had I was talking to Kevin Undergaro on the Tomorrow Show about this on Monday. When I had my when I broke my neck for the second time we were just talking about, you know, WCW and I was out for uh you know, a, a year, basically, better part of a year. Um my father in law was diagnosed with cancer and uh bad it was awful and 
Uh, all cancer is awful, but this was like just insane. It was insane to like watch him go through. But I was able to be there and take care of him, and it would have been a complete mess if if I had to be on the road. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it was just I don't even know how we would have managed. Yeah. So I mean, they're like she's so talented. Uh, she's a she's as talented outside the ring on things she does. You know, I in my opinion, as she is inside the ring. Sure. And I think there's a place for her. Absolutely. Um, and wrestling, just entertainment in general, for you know, for many years to come. Yeah. For sure. I just hope because there was a big, big interview that she had when she just first came back to the WWE, and it's just kind of like for somebody who's been pursuing this dream since she was 13 or 14 yeah. years old, um, it gets to a point where if this is all you think about, you don't necessarily think about. You know other yeah. parts of life, so I just hope that if this is the case and she can't wrestle anymore, that she has a good support system around her, so she can bounce back and to do something else. Because if you don't, and you've been doing wrestling all your life, it's not, you know, it's not a good look. So I really hope that she. Has I that would like. System. I would hope that she would keep in mind that okay, uh, this was her dream and she followed it and she attained her dream. Absolutely. Yes, she was very highly successful. There's a The Rock is making a movie about her and her family. Yeah. Uh, there's a, so many things that she has to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, successful career, maybe cut short, uh, terribly short, but uh, incredibly successful. Yeah. And so. she also, you know, has made a lot of money doing it. She got to be uh, exposed through Total Divas as well yeah. for people. She got to be in a WWE movie. Like, she's already done all this, and she's, like, what, 25, 24? Mm-hmm. And she has the audience now, so no matter what, her audience is going to yeah. follow her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important, especially in today's world. For sure. So what else is up? Last but not least, WWE is, has announced their first inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> any, any guesses? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's Goldberg. So they announced, um, well, e- well, obviously WWE announced it, but then ES- ESPN kind of put it all out there, um, that Goldberg is going to be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame for WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. Awesome. Great for, good for Bill. Um, it's, it's, it's great to see, it was great to see that he was able to come back and do, sh- do shit how yeah. I think he liked it to be, like, I think he's happy with the way this particular run ended. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a credit to the industry. And, he, I, you know, um, he does a lot. Of, I think he does a lot of good things mm-hmm. and, and uh, outside of wrestling. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome to see Bill be, uh, you know, recognized. And uh, I'm happy for him. I'm John, really can I happy. add something to that? Yeah, please do. Uh, I, w- I would like to, if, if you haven't, make sure to check out the WWE 24 that's available on the WWE Network because it helps put uh, his entire run into perspective. Yeah. Because it, it goes through how long he was originally supposed to be with the company as well as a lot of moments with him and his family, which uh, help put the whole run in perspective. It's it's a wonderful documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got, you know what? What's that? Yeah, I'm going to be focused. I think I, they told me of a WWE 24 coming up. Nice. nice. Yeah, they're going to follow me around when I get to uh, Raw 25. Sweet. I think awesome. as soon as I get off the plane. Lula and I <laughs> are going to be the focus. They don't know she's going to be in on it, but <laughs> well, she good, is. Good luck, trying to, good luck trying to edit her out. Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to get top billing? 
Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll figure that out later. Who introduces uh, Goldberg in the Hall of Fame? Who ducks him? Who uh, They didn't. Um, that. I didn't see that. Man, uh, maybe easy. <laughs> no, not easy. Man. I don't know, man. Who knows? I think Kevin Nash would be great. Oh, I don't Just know. Because man. of the whole like uh, taser, right. he ended the streak. Right. It was all his idea, kind of thing. I think that'd be great. How about our next? Gu- how about our guest today? Yeah. <laughs> <be a> good, <laughs> uh... How about Scott? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, congratulations, Bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a question for you on yeah. the Hall of Fame. Who's yeah. next? Uh, uh, what's up? I, I don't know. Do yeah, I don't know. Is there any? Are, are there any uh, rumors? There are rumors. What are they? Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, which would be long overdue. Um, what were the other rumors this year? Uh, uh, Miss Elizabeth's always one. Uh, Eric Bischoff is a big uh, rumored name for this year um, for the WWE Hall of Fame, and then there were a couple others. Hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head. Lash LaRue, because they're going to be <laughs> in New Orleans. <laughs> That'd be great. Lash LaRue. <laughs> huh. Do you know Booker T's brother, Stevie Ray? That's his real name, Lash. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, because Booker is Booker's real name, so I just assumed... Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I just That's assumed crazy. that... Yeah, Booker Huffman. <laughs> so I just assumed that... Because, uh, I mean, I assume Booker's Jewish, right? Huffman? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just assumed Stevie was Stevie's name. But that's awesome Ooh. that his name's Lash. Lash and Booker. Damn. Yeah. So, I think we're going to take a break right now. Is there anything else? Mark, am I forgetting anything? I don't believe you are, sir. No. All anything right. else will get covered in our commercial break. All right. All right, you guys. We'll be right back with the legendary Scott Hall. Hey, Xbox 12360 fans. I just wanted to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout-out, a surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebvm.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, ladies and gentlemen. Second take here, trying to get this thing going. Hey, I'm joined, uh, well, we are joined by one of my dearest friends, like a brother to me, a uh, member of the Click and the Hall of Famer, Scott Hall. What's yeah. up? Hey. Yeah. So we just. How come I can't see you? Last time I could see you. I don't know, Mark. Uh, unfortunately, the studio can't. can't I, do that this time. I don't really. Check nerds, fix it. I, <laughs> I don't look that good to me. I was on your now. very first show, and I could see you. <laughs> And that was that was a rough one, man. Remember that? <laughs> Remember? Hey, so like Scott comes on and I, I introduce him and I'm all nervous. My first show and I go, my brother from another mother. That's like the, the lamest shit you could ever say. <laughs> I remember, I remember, you know, we went on and on. And you said you're hating this, aren't you? And I said, Yeah, I don't do these. I don't do podcasts. If it's if it's if it's not one of my friends or somebody with yeah. a huge audience, I just decline them. Yeah, luckily we're both. But I'll actually. (laughs) But no, it was just you know, and I keep that in mind. That's why I haven't asked you again until now because 
I, we're going to Raw 25, and, and uh, it's going to be sweet, you know. And so, like, is, is there any? Is there any? But Scott, is there any two better people to talk to about Raw than you and I? I would say no. Okay. I mean, we did the very we, you know, people who are of a certain age are aware that we did the first angle on Raw ever. Yeah. You know, when when you beat Razor, it was an iconic moment on Raw that. And that, by the way, they've been shown. They've yeah. shown it the last two weeks. They only show you beat me. They don't show me dominating. Early. That's right. <laughs> no, though they, they did sh- the other night, man. They showed you chop the living shit out of me. And then well, peeled me halfway across the door. I just got a text from the office that yeah. please bring your ring gear. Uh, <laughs> did they? Yes. <laughs> I said, well, I texted Kev. Kev just had his knee replaced. Right. I said, like, are you ribbing me? Are you going to tell me, like, three or four days in advance? You know, give me a little notice, and for the right money, I'll get, I'll get, I'll have abs showing. Yeah. I said, now, how about I just br- I bring stuff I wear to appearances? I've got gimmick street clothes. High-tech high jeans and an NWO shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I think that they're. I think that we're going to have like a, a rematch. So I'm just giving you a heads up. I think it's about time I went over. <laughs> you went over in the diaper match. <laughs> when I was on the way out the door. I, I was just sure. talking about that to somebody. I was like, yeah, you know I was being punished when he's leaving and I still do the job. I wasn't sure what the finish was. You know how Vince was back then. He hated me because I gave my notice. Did you really? I, ever... thought, I thought for sure I'd be wearing a diaper. Did you? Did you, I was going to say. And did by you the really... way, I look pretty good in a diaper. I wear. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually wrestled with a diaper on, and it wasn't that match. I when I tore <laughs> when I tore you my ass the first time. Yeah. When you ripped your butt all over. Yeah, <laughs> for the first time. You need to stretch that thing out a little bit. It was getting too tight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. I offered you it a couple times. You wouldn't let me. Yeah. I wanted you to help me take the stitches out. So. Anyways, hey, so, uh, man. No, I don't think there's anybody better than us. I mean, we did the I'm there, I'll never forget first meeting you because... I had known about, I don't know how long in advance you knew about it, but I knew six months in advance. And back then it was only four pay-per-views. So it was a whole different era. But Vince told me, you know, we got this, you know, and I was starting to, the people were turning me baby face, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't want to do the same old thing where I ran in and saved somebody. So at least it was a a creative idea. Yeah. And then, but you know how they worked us back then. I'll never forget Lex and I red-eyed in from Cali. Went to Stanford. Remember the old face-to-face interviews with Mean Gene? Yeah, on our days off, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, every, everything was live. Well, we weren't off. Then we had to go to the first, mm-hmm. the first Raw. Or the, yeah. No, it was actually like the third Raw because they went out of their way to beat you a few times before yeah. to establish that you were like a job guy. Yeah, they had Curtis so, Hughes and Matt Bourne beat the crap out of me. Right, right. So it was perfect. Yeah. But I remember being... You know, you know how Gene was a little testy when you yeah. do those. If you stammer on your words, he'd walk out and go coffee for an hour. Yeah, remember and make, you, yeah. and make you wait. Yeah, and uh, and sorry, we got, we're out we of got time. To drive all the way to Manhattan Center, and I'll never forget that I come stumbling in there. I'm beat, and I was running pretty hard back those days. So I'm laying on Get the floor. And you came up and introduced yourself. Yeah, we're working together tonight. I said, Yeah, I know, man. I, I said, Yeah, I'll get with you later. And then I remember. 
going to Pat Patterson, who's a genius. And I went to Pat and said, Pat, what do you want me to do with this guy? And he went, oh, he can do anything. I don't do not worry. I got that mad. He can do anything. You know, French Canadian. <laughs> and so I remember seeing you going, bro, pick one move and uh, just come tell me later. And you went, okay. And you came back and you said, moves on. I said, cool. Yeah. See you out there. <laughs> you know, like I was, <laughs> <laughs> you look. Now, seeing it back, obviously, it was 25 years ago, so we were both a lot younger. But you looked like you were 11. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you weren't even shaving then, I don't think. <laughs> Except under your armpits and in your legs. I was, like, no, I couldn't grow any facial hair, though. I, and remember, I was really, like, I had a lot of baby fat I was still carrying around at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, like, I think I, like... Yeah, I, was, I remember you were traveling with Mr. Perfect, yeah. both Minneapolis guys, yeah. and and Kurt. I miss him still to this day. I think about him all the time. But I forget. I don't think you're even old enough to be in the bar at that point. You definitely were not. Yet, right? I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the bar, but you're like so happy, and you're going drinks for everybody. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> just. Hold, I think I'm holding court right now, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you're like the yeah. taxi boy, and then. And you're smoking a cigar, and you were like so loaded. You put the lid in, and you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. And you, I remember, remember you, you were rocking that crucifix, but it had an anchor on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, whatever happened to that? You don't wear it anymore. Um, that's. I'll tell you about that. Like, I when I, I changed relationships, and the next relationship I had didn't want that to come with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I the next, yeah, no, so I just remember it I was replaced it was cool. with a nicer piece of jewelry. It, it was custom, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know? So yeah, no, but like some really cool uh, like early moments. Like remember Kurt when he threw uh, when he when they ribbed uh, Howard Finkel and he threw Sean through the windshield of Howard Finkel's brand new car. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt never missed an opportunity to rib somebody. He yeah. was he was a master. Well, he was a student of Mister Fuji. So he was a master, and I mean, they, uh, Kurt had been in the in the WWE when he was about your age when yeah. you came in. He'd been there as a really young guy, and obviously he had talent. He had no body or anything back then. He had talent. <clears throat> Excuse me, he had talent. You know, his dad was a big star, so you know he got a lot of love, and he got he got around Pat then. And I think Pat rubbed off on Kurt because by the time I hooked up with Kurt in the AWA. He was already teaching guys like me and Shawn Michaels and, and Marty Giannetti and guys like that. Like, hey, it's just about if it doesn't matter if you win or lose. If it's the guy's night, make them look great. Yeah. Like, you know, that was the era. This was 80s, man, when guys were like one, two, three. And then it's then they'd kick out. Like, I oh, almost, almost didn't get beat. beat. Yeah. No, it's like, no, if it's your night, I'm laying there forever. Yeah. Hey, you no, remember I'm that lay, time? I'm laying there till your music's done playing. You remember that time on Raw when uh, it was a tape show, but uh, Men on a Mission didn't realize it was a tape show, and he did that kick out on three when they lost to the Head Shrinkers? Which one? Mo? Mo, yeah. They never beat, beat Mabel, right? They beat Mo. They beat Mo, but he did the kick out on three. Like, and, But the thing is, is it was tape, so they just kind of, you know, they just... Cut that they should have made match. him go out there and do it again. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty lame. <laughs> I smell a rat. Oh, he he has a podcast too. He keeps hitting me up. I keep not being available. Who's that? Mo. Oh God. Yeah. Really well, he's been one. real sick too. I heard, but he was hitting me up, and it's like, you know, I don't want to say no to him. I go way back to him, but like, bro, I like Mo. Yeah. No. 
No, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I'll kick out. Yeah. So, hey, man, um, and then we had that rematch when I got back from Japan, and I freaking splattered all over the concrete. You, you beat me in the Manhattan Center, and, yeah. but this is the way Vince had laid it out. And then he said six weeks later, when, when Nelson sweeps rating time, when he you know gauged te- television ratings, he said you're going to have a rematch. And then remember, every week I offered you more money. Yeah. And your interviews were so sweet. I think you told me Sergeant Slaughter was directing. Yeah, Sergeant Pr- Sarge produced them. Yeah. You were so perfect because you weren't. You had done a lot of interviews at that time, so it was perfect because you looked nervous, and that's what they wanted. That's what everybody wanted. Like Except for me. 15, <laughs> Except for me. And you were like, no, no, it's just not worth it. You're going to try to hurt me, you know. And, and it was perfect. I yeah. mean. They, they, I feel like it was one of the best matches of my career, and I did a job. You know, like Thanks, man. it lives forever. They, keep, I'll tell you, I'm, I try to sit through Raw. Three hours is a long time, and I love wrestling. Yeah, but so I'm flipping around a little bit, and sure enough, you know, my buddy showed it to me when I was at his house the other day. He has a network, so he showed me the replay. They showed it, then they showed it live uh, on Monday this yeah. week. They showed it again. Now, they didn't show any other stuff. They showed, like, Hugh Jackman coming to the ring and, you know, like a few things here and there. But they didn't play anybody's twice, and I I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think they probably did that because I cried to Paul about not being in the commercial for the uh, Rod 25. (laughs) 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 And now they're doing it. That's what I wanted to remind you with. Yo, they're advertising everybody. Yeah, I said, well, hell. You're beating me twice. Isn't yeah. that good enough? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they just hit me up yesterday and told me they're doing a WWE 24 doc on me. So, probably throw me a bone. Yeah. Well, I want them to replay the whole WrestleMania 10 ladder match then, around my Hey, so do you remember in the time? Remember, okay, like next TV or whatever, and I came in the locker room and I was bragging about how we did a 3 2 rating, and then everybody started <laughs> calling me the 3 2 kid for a minute? <laughs> Yeah. It was good stuff. I, I'll never forget because I love that Manhattan Center. I really hope we're there. I'll, I'll be happy to go wherever they want me or I'll go yeah. both places. I don't care. I'm there to work. But there's people in the audience literally going like this, like, oh, my gosh. Because in that era, top guys didn't do jobs for, you know, like nobody had ever done that. That's why it works so good. Vince, yeah. I don't know who thought of it. Vince is the one who presented it to me. And Pat was the one who told me, no, do not have a match. Just got a text from Kev. He said he's not even going. Really? <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I just te- I just texted him. They told me to bring my ring gear. Yeah. Nice. I said I gave my outsider stuff to Cody, and I said I have some razor stuff maybe, but I I sold a lot of it because Vince was suing me and I wasn't allowed to wear it. Yeah, but didn't you call up Rick Bogner, fake razor, and say, "Hey, GD, I got some gear if you need to buy it." Or no, you uh, asked he, you. Could, he couldn't fit it in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was too. Yeah, but you were serious. You weren't being a dick. No, no. I, I had, I've never met him. I, I somehow somebody gave me his info and I hit him up. So I said, bro, I've got a closet full of razor gear, and uh, I, I'm not mad at a guy for trying to get paid. If they offer you a spot, you take it. Yeah. But I mean, he should. I mean, what kind of spot is that? If you really think about it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, like the 
you know, the stuff with, uh, you know, the Diesel thing, Kane did it, and then he ended up having su- some success, but he came back and, you know, did right. that well, under he's a mask. Right, well, he's in a main event at yeah. Rumble with, with Brock and Braun. Like, yeah. he's had a pretty damn good run. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he, he started off as Isaac Yankum, mm-hmm. as Lawler's sidekick when Lawler was working with Bret Hart. So he's been there a long time, and he's not a mark. He's a good worker. I, th- I think I, did he get elected? I know he was running for some local government in Tennessee. Did, is that over yet? It's not, but I, I I can't imagine him not winning that. Actually, no, me either. He's such a stand-up guy. He's yeah. a straight guy, you know. Yeah. So Kev told you. So Kev said he's not coming, or are you just bullshitting? No, no. He just texted me. It's right here. He said, "I'm not going." Huh? He'll be there. Watch. <laughs> you know, Kev. No, he's going to, no, yeah, he'll come in and bitch the yeah. whole time. That's bullshit. <laughs> no, but did you see on his Instagram the, the shot from the operating room of his knee? Yeah. Yeah, it's it was, there was There was nothing there. Like, it was, like, gone. It looked like yeah. a scene from The Walking Dead. He sent me a picture, like, and, like, I could see the in his face just the, the pain and just, the like, the misery on his face, like, post-op. It was brutal. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. He's just doing that to get the nurse to increase the pain dose. Yeah. <laughs> More drops. No, I don't. You know, I don't. I, he just said I'm not going. You know, Kev. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there, but he'll bitch and moan. Yeah. I mean, he was walking. I mean, I see he posted a video too of him walking, and we've been communicating back and forth about that thing. I don't know if we should be talking about it now, but about that business proposal you had for Wrestlemania yeah yeah and uh that guy came back with uh I don't know if you've seen I it, saw it yeah. his offer yeah and Kev said and Kev's like I don't care I'm gonna be there and he said he said he's not going to Mania either <laughs> like to me I love wrestling I'm going I'm going to the yeah. show I like being around the young guys but I don't like the catering but <laughs> but you know Kev's busy Kev will do two days at WrestleCon probably then he has his you know his party yeah, you know, I don't know if he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Now, I like going to all the events. Yeah, I, I enjoy too. it, but I'm a yeah. Mark. You know, like I grew up a Mark. So did you? Kev didn't. He was bouncing in the strip club here in Atlanta, yeah. and they approached him. Yeah, Kev was a casual. Now, fan. Always, I'm not saying he's not. He doesn't love wrestling, but I mean, he grew up a fan in Detroit. Yeah, but it, it wasn't his goal in life to be a wrestler like it was with you and I. Right. Yeah. So, like, I used to watch Scott. I used to go, like, stand next to Scott at the Tampa Sportatorium when he would be standing there. <laughs> before, like, when he was training with Hiro Matsuda, he'd be standing there with his weight belt on, like, jet well, it, Yeah, you always gave me shit about that. I would come from the gym, yeah. so I'd have my weight belt on. And so you guys think I'm wearing it like it's a championship belt or something. <laughs> yeah, but he was bigger than everyone on the crew. I th- and even, like, Billy Jack and superstar Billy Graham were there at the time. No, I remember. I, I finally met superstar Billy Graham. And, well, um, who was that guy who used to run athletes? Rick, Rick Poston. Rick Poston, yeah. I finally found out where the boys worked out. Yeah. So then I went over there and joined. And that's, you know, then sure enough, I started seeing the boys in there. And I remember I worked out with Sullivan and, you know, you see Billy Jack. But I'll never forget superstar Billy Graham came up to me one time and said, God, you're a big son of a God, brother. Like, what are you doing? And I said, uh, he said, you played football? I said, no. I said, I'm trying to get into your business, sir. And he went, he goes, man, you need to go out there and let those Weeder brothers have a look at you before you get your body all beat up. Huh. Like, he was, he was telling me that pro bodybuilding life is a good life. Hmm. Huh. 
Yeah, I, I would mean, have had to. Do, I would have had to done the Marcus Bagwell. The, the posing club. So. <laughs> Doc <Remember> Sports. Buff, <laughs> Buff is so funny when he tells the story about the calf implants. Yeah. He paid. You know, he paid forty five hundred, five grand or whatever, get it put in. Then of course they were swollen up for a while. Then they got infected. He had to pay to have them taken out. Brutal. But Buff is one of them guys who doesn't suffer from depression. Always he happy. Goes. Yep. Because no matter what happens, he's always laughing. But he went, God. For a day there, they look so good. <laughs> you know, like, he doesn't even care. He sees the bright side in everything. Yeah, I, you, I like hanging we, around. We were just we we just saw him right. Where was it? We just saw him. Look good. Don't you I, remember? He had a hip replacement. I saw him at a, at a signing in Knoxville prior to the hip thing. Yeah, but we were we in Pennsylvania show. on a show with him. Remember that NWO thing we did in like. And uh, John, like I can't remember what Pennsylvania, the, the capital of Pennsylvania, or whatever. Johnstown, no. maybe. No, it was one of those, man. And Williamsport. Remember, we took a walk across that bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Bagwell and Bischoff were there. Oh, okay. Here we are sorting shit out live on the show. <laughs> anyway. Hey, you guys want to hop in on this? Before well, talk, if, we're, if you're going to talk about old AWA days and stuff, I got a question for Scott. Scott, uh, back in the day, you had maybe the best mustache in all of pro wrestling. But ever since you left AWA, you've been more or less clean shaven or a little bit of scruff. When's the last time you tried to grow a mustache? What are you suggesting? I can't grow a mustache? No, I'm just asking if you ever just do it for fun because you had like a <laughs> full on Kurt Russell tombstone, incredible no, I mustache. Did have, you know, let me. as out as it now and it was working pretty good at the time you know i did okay but uh no my son cody gets on me about it. he's like dad man why don't you mix it change your look up change your look up and i'm going well cody i make appearances basically yes. for a living these days right. and people want to see the guy that you know from tv so that's kind of why i don't but he was like dad no man rock that big mustache again mustaches are coming back i go i haven't seen anybody with mustaches <laughs> Well, yeah. I, can, I can say as someone who's met you and interviewed you and had a photo with you, I would pay you a hundred bucks for a Scott Hall AWA mustache photo. A huh. hundred bucks? I could have. I'll have one by tonight. Kurt, you gonna pay, pal? Yeah, yeah. I'll look it up, razors man. Just to get it like this. Kurt, Kurt said they used to call you Magnum Pu. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is too. At this time. Magnum TA is getting right. a huge shove in the huge shove in the Charlotte territory. He's the top one of the top bay faces in the country, and that dude. Remember Lord James Blears? Yeah, tally ho. They used, yeah, they used to fly him in from Hawaii to do brutal color Terrible. commentary yeah. on the AWA show that we were filming at the Showboat Casino in Las Vegas. So this dude lives in Hawaii. And they're filming Magnum P.I. there then, so he sees Selleck around the island, I guess. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they're saying about me on TV till you see it two weeks later. So he keeps talking about how I look like Magnum P.I. Now, meanwhile, Magnum T.A. is, I'm getting heat with him and all the marks. Yeah. And by the time I cross paths with, with T.A., when I'm an underneath guy in WCW, he's going, well, you know, you have to have your own identity. He was already like, done by then, right? <laughs> Magnum was already done by then. He had already had the car accident. And he was no, done. No, he was already a gimp. What do you mean? I can't roll up in a wheelchair, brother. Damn. 
I was deaf. Yeah, and, and I was there, Fuck. I was there, and you know you understand the business. Barry Wyndham was getting a huge push then. Yeah. And I was riding with Barry because I'd met him in Tampa. And we're outside Crockett Promotions in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he gets his paycheck. So I'm kind of peeking because I work for the Charlotte Orioles ground crew. I get 300 bucks a week. Yeah. You know, I haven't had a match yet. So I'm peeking over to see what he gets, and he got like about 7500 for the week. And this is Back 85. Then? Went out again. Yeah, so Barry okay. was going to drop me off. He went in and gave his notice to Dusty. And Dusty told him, if you feel that way, baby, go ahead and quit now. So he went to New York the next day. He went the, to WWE. Is that when he and became Mike the Widowmaker? Mike, Mike returned to stay and worked out his two weeks notice. And yeah. he joined Barry and they were tag team for vets. Oh, oh, that was before. So, the, okay, okay. In the meanwhile, in the meanwhile, now they have a void because they've been pushing Barry. I mean, uh. On TV, what's his favorite food? What's his favorite color? All this stuff. Yeah. And so now they have a huge void created by that vacuum of him leaving. So they bring TA in, and they Dusty starts from having beaten beaten guys in like four seconds. Yeah. Like shooting the ropes, belly belly, 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 one, two, three. That that's how TA got his big shove. Because he couldn't. Barry could work circles around TA. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, Barry was the best in the world. I think so. Yeah, and a great interview, but he didn't yeah. care about talking. He, you know, he he's not he had he doesn't have a, a big ego. Excuse me. Yeah, he just cared about the money, obviously, because he wasn't happy with seventy five hundred for about five days work. Huh? Yeah, ten years later, I wasn't complaining about that. <laughs> well, but but the, but because Barry, the territory had come up. Yeah, Bory Funk Jr. had booked wow. Charlotte <laughs> promotions into the basement. Yeah. So they traded spots. Dusty took the booking job in Charlotte, and Bory went to Florida, Florida and continued and killed Florida off. But Dusty brought it up, and Dusty was slick enough to bring Ricky Steamboat out of retirement. Ricky had was running a gym, then he built his own gym. Yeah. He's running his gym, he's done wrestling. They bring him back, and he's teaming with Dusty and stuff, giving him the rub in that area because you know, Dusty wasn't that over in that Charlotte area. Nice. Not not yeah. at that time. He got over. Yeah, for sure. I was there. I saw it all happen. I didn't really have any ring skills at that point, but I wasn't stupid. I was aware of what was going on all the time, and I was fortunate enough to travel with guys like Barry and be around guys like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And I did what they tell guys to do, keep your mouth shut and your ears open. Yeah. I just listened, so I absorbed a lot of stuff. Like, they do interviews. I go there and sit on the floor all day and watch those guys do interviews. Hey, you know, just learning. Hey, Scott, you, you know, we talked about this a lot, and you, you you would tell me about this from the time we... Oh, yeah. But, hey, you know, I, we, we used to talk about this, and, and you would tell me, like, how uh, when Vince called you the first time, you said, oh, no, I'm not ready. No, it was actually, it was actually Lanza approached me. Oh, that's me. what it was, yeah. Lanza approached me in St. Louis because they used to do big joint promotions there. AWA would bring top guys in. Charlotte would bring top guys in. Guys would come from Florida. And then the underneath card was the Kansas City guys. I was one of those. And we drove in, and we were the first two or three matches. So, and I'm jacked back then. You know, this is pre-testing days. I'm young, no injuries. And Lanza comes up to me because he's in the office in the AWA. But he's fixing a jump. He's, like, transitioning to Vince. And he goes, hey, kid, you ready to make a move? And I said, no, sir, I'm not ready. And he said, everybody's the shits when they start. 
And I said, as long as you feel that way, I'm ready. <laughs> so, so he started, and this is when, you remember this story, this is when Kurt and Greg Gagne and Vern Gagne went to this exclusive salmon fishing thing in Alaska, and oh, a fish spit a hook in Vern's eye. Yeah. And they had to wait for the helicopter to come and get him and stuff. And I remember Kurt going, man, Vern didn't even didn't sell Didn't even it. sell it, yep. He just sat there like, you know. So meanwhile, I wasn't officially hired, but Lansley started bringing me to town, so I did TV in Winnipeg. I worked with Larry Zbysko back what we used to call Broadway back in the day. You'll have to educate your audience on that. That's a time limit draw. Fans, we used to wrestle 15, 20-minute draw. Yeah. And Zbysko put me over, like we went and draw, and he led me through the whole thing by the hand. So I've always been loyal to Larry. That's why, like, in the, you know, when we were on top NWO days, I involved Larry. I turned Dusty NWO because I never forgot what he did for me. You know how it is. You don't forget the guys who help you. You don't forget the guys who treat you like shit. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. but I wasn't officially hired. You know what? That Bob Geigel, he's such a prick. <laughs> I was making 50 bucks a night. He owed me $300 for a week's work in Kansas City that I'd already done. But then I had to choose between being put over on ESPN out of Atlantic City or doing a job out going out the door in Kansas City for 50. So I chose to go get, get the win. And he went, well, kid, you didn't give me two weeks notice. Yeah, I gave you 13 days. Sorry. And he kept the money. Wow. And I remember to this day, I've never felt the same way about him. I always thought, wow. And he's like the president of the NWA. And you're going to take money from a guy who's been in the business a year? Like, I need that 300 bro. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a, a dick. dick. <laughs> no, Harley Race was always cool, but he was always in Japan. Yeah. But, you know, so we, I had to deal with Geigel. Hey, what was the difference between Kansas City and St. Louis? Well, St. Louis was a huge market, yeah. and they had all the other... Um, wrestling companies TVs came into St. Louis just like they went everywhere like, but that was the, the only chase. town it was like the mafia back then you don't come to our town right. without permission but St. Louis didn't have a promotion so much they would bring stars in from all over and they'd do TV at the chase at the chase yeah wrestling at the chase it was a big show yeah they, yeah they do that but then at what was then the Keel Auditorium I don't know what they call it now but then they would have these big shows like once a month and bring in guys from Dallas. You know, the Von Erichs would come in. They'd bring guys in from Charlotte. You know, Flair would be there. Dusty would come from Florida or Charlotte, wherever he was. You know, Rick Martell and obviously Greg Gagne, Kurt Hane, guys on top in the AWA would come. So, you know, it was really cool. It was the only place that was really doing that at that time. The, the territories were cooperating, which is really hard for a bunch of egocentric yeah. promoters to do. Yeah, and I just, the reason I asked that, uh, Scott is because like Kansas City and St. Louis are pretty close to each other. No, it's about a three hundred mile. Drive. Is it? It just yeah. seemed like they, I mean, it just seemed like they were. But still, like that's pretty close for a territory. For two territories. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, we didn't have we we never ran it as our promotion yeah. out of Kansas City because we were running little high school gyms and stuff and drawing fifty people. Mm. You know, we didn't have we didn't have any stars. I mean, we had Rufus R. Jones. When he was in his fifties, yeah. And Mike George, did you have Mike George? Mike, we had Mike George, but he only worked part time. Yeah. Huh. And Roger Kirby, yeah, Roger Kirby, yeah. Who at one time had the world leg press record. Really? Just a just a side note. Track it. Huh. So what? Hey. 
I always like to drop a little knowledge on the fans. Uh, go ahead. We're talking about Raw 25, and you were talking about Kurt Hennig earlier, and you know, you and you and Sean have talked a lot about the ribs he does. Can you remember any ribs that happened at Raw that really stick out in your mind? Well, I mean, it happened wherever Kurt was. See, then Kurt got into a position where later on, what he would do is he'd have his menus. He'd get young guys <laughs> like me. Like and I learned that from Kurt. Yeah, like you. Yeah. He would. Kurt always told me I would always see him talking to the young guys. And when we did our when we did TV at the at the showboat in Vegas, the casino would pay us fifty dollars. You know, we got paid by the office, but the casino the casino would give us fifty, just in t- you know, so you'd go gamble. But what I saw Kurt do a lot of times is he'd endorse it and give it to the job guys if they made us look yeah. particularly good. Yeah. So I started doing that. And he, he would always spend time and talk with the guys. Kurt always took a hip toss. If you watch every job match Kurt had, yep. he always let the guy reverse the hip toss. Mm. Every match he took a bump for the job guy. But he would go talk to these guys and stuff like that. And I'd be thinking, wow, like what a kind guy. But then then I'd see the real Kurt and he'd come back and he goes, you always got to be nice to the young guys. You never know who they might turn out to be. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, true. That might, be, that might be the next Hulkster. Yeah. You know? Plus, you know, I'm like, going to get his ear now. I actually did that a little bit, uh, Scott. With, when I had a guy that did a really good job for me, I'd give him 20 or 50 bucks or something. Yeah, I've done it. I did yeah. it with a job guy who put Cody over real good one time. And they were already making more money than us that night. Yeah, oh, the job guys got paid like 400 500 300 at got, least 3 got their, we got nothing. They got their rental cars paid, they yeah. got their hotels paid, and they used to give us 50 <laughs> for a job match, but then if you're on top, you always had a dark match, yeah. and you ended up okay. Yeah. But you still had to pay your rental car and your hotel out of it. Yeah. So when I went I mean? So when I went back there uh, from after the NWO stuff that we were doing and uh, I ended up back there, they had changed things, and so Raw wasn't just squash matches anymore, right? It's like it is now, because Nitro was putting on the good stuff. Raw had to. And so, like, I was thinking, what are these pay- TV payoffs? Are, are, what are they going to be like? They started paying us on TV like they did in the house shows. So, like, that. thank God, because, man, that was two two days out of the four days of work that week. Right. I think that, uh, I really think a squash match done correctly would we would be good. They they gave uh they, they need to have you teaching guys how to do those squash matches early. I think done correctly, people would watch a squash. Yes, match. and I always tell people, I said, if you want to know how to do a proper squash match slash enhancement match, watch Scott Hall's because no one did a better squash match than you. Well, thank you, and I, and I learned a lot off that that off Kurt because he went because you know you they the guy would tell you you got four or five minutes, so he goes, don't ever cover the guy till it's time to pin him. Yeah. So I would just I would just do the kick him around, slap him around thing, like look at you, you know, look until the till the ref buzzed me to go home. Then I give him career ender, raise his edge, and take your time just, covering him. I remember talking to, the, you know, the job guys always come to you and go, oh, Mister, you know, Mister Ramon, you know, I'm working with you tonight, and I'd go, Well, have you ever seen me work before? And I go, Yes, sir. I said, Well. I don't change much, bro. And I said, don't worry. You'll never be lost because I'll be all over you. (laughs) So I'll see you out there. And I I would tell him, like, and I said, I realize you're getting about 400 bucks tonight. I said, you're going to earn every bit of it because I'm I'm stiff as hell. And I I just always remembered that uh, guys would screw up on the sack of shit slam because they wouldn't, they would post or something like that. when you Or they'd go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Scott, going back to your match with Sean on Raw, what was it like wrestling someone his size? And you know, once he did go over, were you surprised at the crowd's reaction? No, it went exactly as as programmed. And the thing is, is because when Vince laid it out to me, he said, "Now this is really important to UK Faith, which to most people know by now, but that means keep it quiet." So I'll never forget. You know how you have to go up the stairs to the Manhattan so you go up the stairs and I cross paths with his godfather now. I think by then he was either Kama maybe or the Papa Shango gimmick. He was you know, still he, Papa. He went through three or four gimmicks up there because he was Taker's buddy. <laughs> and he's a great guy. But he went, bro, did you feel the piss test? And I went, I don't know what's going on, man. I just do what they tell me. <laughs> and that's when I know if the boys are marking out about it, this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it worked perfectly. Better, maybe better. And Vince made it clear because about guys doing the kick out on three things. Yeah, I said, Vince, do I kick out? Which two? He goes, No, absolutely not. It's got to be a clean win because then there can't be any controversy. It has to be clearly won. Then I'm going, What? Because otherwise, you'd have been the one to, Oh, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about wrestling someone his size? Like, how was that different for you? Well, I prefer it because I'm not that strong. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a perfect matchup, you know, and because they preceded it by him getting squashed by guys prior to that who gave him nothing. Yeah. So I went out and gave him nothing. I did the, We did the three-legged man. I remember you are so flexible. I had you in the three-legged man. And then, uh, you know, you flew for me. Like, I remember that, like, when I beeled you, you just flew, and people go, oh, you know. <laughs> And that was back when they were turning me, and it was—it's New York, yeah. So they liked race, so it was the perfect place, the perfect time. And then the, the interviews you did leading into it were so good. Like I offered you fifteen hundred thirty-five, five seventy-five. Finally, ten. It was like you went, no, no, it's, it's just not worth it. And then finally, you went like, okay, ten, ten grand will that'll that'll change my life. I'll, I'll and, take it. That, and and I, even it, the ten grand wasn't worth it, Scott. <laughs> that match did that match did more than ten grand worth of damage to me, that's for sure. I ran into a guy in a grocery store yesterday who came up to me and he's a big fan. He said, Man, I can't wait to see you on Raw twenty five. And uh I said, Well and he, he talked about the match in the Manhattan Center and then he talked about the rematch in Poughkeepsie and he goes, Oh, that time kid just ate the concrete and I said, Bro, that was my fault. I said, I, I that was the second time I ever worked with him. And I said, remember, I moved the mat, and I was going to, the storyline was I was going to razor's edge you on a concrete, and that's, I'm going to squash the stick mat. And then you backdrop me on a concrete, you went to the top to do the plancha on me on a concrete. Now, when we did the first match in the Manhattan Center, I had the luxury of asking Coyote, Mike Coyote, the referee, like, is he up there? And, you know, I was selling the miss post. I turned around and said, is he ready? Went, yeah, and I turned, you beat me. Now I'm on the floor, the ref's in the ring counting. So I don't have anybody to ask. I guess I could have asked somebody in the front row, is he ready? But I turned too fast because I thought, this young guy is probably so nervous that he's up there waiting on me. So it was my fault. And I've told you this before. I turned too soon. Then you saw me turning, and you tried to hurry up so I didn't look stupid standing there, and you slipped. And when you hit that concrete, bro, you were out. Yeah. You were, Your eyes rolled back. Now we're the last man. And it's and I look at Vince and he looks down. Now watching the commentary back, he wasn't blowing me off. He was commentating. Yeah. 
I remember I rolled you in the ring. I looked at Ben and F it, pin him. And I'm thinking, can't do that. That kills this whole storyline. No, I'm supposed to chase me, supposed to steal the money. And then, like, I'm thinking, what do I do? I was going to have you just small package me and beat me again. I, that was all I could think of. And you and you went, like, with your eyes rolled back, you went, moonsault. And I went, oh, my God, he's alive. And I went, I pushed you in. I'll never forget this. I pushed you in the corner, just like last time. Move, moonsault. So you did, and in the first one, you did this kind of a cross body. Yeah. Like, you looked back. This time, you didn't even look. You just dove. I grabbed you one. I if you watch the tape closely, you'll see me and money. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, like we used to say, you are Queer Street and like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. What Scott said there was uh, that is when I hit him with the moon salt. Uh, both well, Scott was gonna have me pin, have me pin him right there, and then and yeah. Earl was like, kick out. And then and then they both went get the money, run. <laughs> yeah. So somebody then, asked me. Somebody asked me. Have, I'm supposed to chase you, but you're not running. I don't know how much of this you remember. I, I remember it all. Like I do too. I'm supposed to chase you, but you're walking, and I'm going. What do I do? I said I know what I do. I'm just going to blast him through the curtain, and then he'll know to run. So I drew back, and I was going to tear your head off, and all of a sudden you went, zoom! Yeah. <laughs> and you, you ran out. It was snowing in Poughkeepsie. You ran out. I think, who was it, Kev in a Cadillac? I don't know. Up. I don't know who was out there. You jumped in a Cadillac, and boom, off you went. So now, now I'm really humiliated. Now I got beat and lost 10 grand. <laughs> so the storyline was perfect. And I think we did even a bigger rating that time. That was no. That was the three two, which was a huge. That was a huge. That was a huge rating for back then. That was the biggest one they'd ever had. Honestly, right? right. Yeah. So boy, eyes were rolling when I said that in the locker room. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, well, some. You were a seeking missile. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was quoting the, the Wrestling Observer, and yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that was pre-internet. For all you kids out there who don't know, there was a thing before the internet called dirt sheets. Yeah. Where guys who've never been in the ring rate your matches and give opinions on your work. Guys like Dave Meltzer and stuff like that. Yeah. Who's apparently a really respected authority. I don't think I've ever even met him. Uh, you probably have. You just don't know it. Yeah. He's probably been. Yeah. I, but I don't care either. Somebody... Um, yeah, somebody asked me, hey, how did you even get up from that? I said, there was too much on the line for me not to get up. Yeah, I didn't know what to Well, I'm picking you up because I'm going to throw you in the ring. And you're like, you just, well, you were so light. It went hard. But, I mean, I'm picking you up and I roll you in. I'll never forget. I looked at Vince. He looked down. At the time, I thought, wow, nobody's going to help me. When I hear it back and hear, the, you know, listen to the broadcast, he continued to broadcast. He wasn't magooing me. But I looked at Baby Earl, and I'll never forget he went F it, pin him. Like, he's on. And it was you, bro. That's when I gained so much respect for you because I'm thinking, all I can think of is small package. Like, just pin me. We can still continue the storyline. Now you beat me again. You know, it'll still work. And uh, that was all I could think of. And you went, Moonsaw. Because <laughs> all I was thinking is, I'm not doing a job for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, you did one for me. I ain't returning the favor. <laughs> you are Monday. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, what you think. Well, speaking of Monday and the 25th anniversary of Raw, you said you always like going back and meeting and seeing these young guys. Are there any young guys you're looking forward to seeing or you want to be involved with on some kind of segment on the Raw show? Um, I'm a Finn Balor fan. Finn I'm Balor. a Kevin Owens fan. And I like Cesaro and shit a lot. It doesn't bother me at all. I had no problem with the Bullet Club doing it. Of course, I think Vince sued him, but I don't care because they know where it came from. And now, kid, you know how it is when you go to appearances, a three-year-old kid will walk up to you and go yeah. like this because yeah. their parents are teaching them what it, what it means. And it's just, I think it's great. But I really, I was reaching out to Finn Balor when he was still in New Japan. Because Cody Just, was a big you know, fan of his stuff. Excuse me? Cody was a big fan of his stuff. Yeah, and, and he was cool to Cody. And, and, and Cody's doing good now. He he took he bet on himself and, and left New Japan and went to Noah, where you know he took a pay cut. He doesn't get to live in the dojo for free and eat free anymore, but he's lucky enough to have a Japanese girlfriend. But uh, now he has singles matches. He gets to have, you know, just... Two, you know, you know, regular tag matches instead of eight man, ten man tags. So he's getting a lot more ring time, and he's getting way better. And he gets to be away from me. Yeah. You know, like he's not. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> life, yeah. With me, life with me is no day at the beach. Plus, I always wonder. Like I asked these other guys. Like I remember asking Bob Orton Jr. what it was like with Randy and and talking to other guys. Going like, I remember asked Bob Orton. I said like. What do you do with Randy? Like, you know, you know, do you try to give him advice about his matches and his interviews and stuff like that? He goes, "Oh hell, you can say whatever you want. They don't listen anyway." (laughs) And I went, "Oh, okay, good. So it's not just me." That's crazy. Your father is like one of the greatest and and best minds ever in wrestling, but you're not going to take his advice. You'll no, because I made him make his bed, eat his vegetables, (laughs) and you know, do his homework and stuff. (laughs) And I have to do. I choose dad, you know. So, and I know you feel the same way about your kids. I choose dad, yeah. you know. Like it's not who I am; it's what I do. I was blessed enough to do something that I loved for a living, and still get continue to. I mean, how sweet is it that they're bringing us back twenty five years later? <laughs> yeah, it's and I'll take cool. that bone. Yeah. They bring us into mania every year. I'll take it. You know, yeah. I like I like being around the young cats because I remember what it was like being one of those young cats when old. God. You know, you'd mark out. I'll never forget the first time I saw Killer Kowalski. I'm like, oh my God, it's Killer Kowalski. He was in catering or something. We were in Boston. And uh, and he had that horrible looking toupee on. <laughs> and, 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 he trained, and he trained Triple H. Yeah. And at that time, just out of respect, because I think Killer was making a couple of the shows. He was coming to TV the next day as well. And uh, so I asked Triple H, I said, man, does. That rug is horrible, bro. You're like one of his boys. Why don't you tell him an upgrade? He went, he goes, Scott, he, well, he called me Razor back then. He goes, he sleeps with it on. <laughs> uh, did they room together? They were, they were sharing a room because, oh. you know, he's just, you know, he trained him. He's being respectful. It, uh, hey. But I remember how cool it was that I thought it was really cool that the WWE brought the old timers in and showed them some love. You know, I think that's great because. Well, I mean, their slogan is now, then, forever. Yeah. So, like, we're the we're the 
then guys. It was always cool to see Freddie Blassie and guys like that. And, and yeah, Rocky. guys that you watched on TV yeah. when you were a kid, and you go, oh, my God, and they're so cool. Yeah. You know, like, wow. You know? Yeah, I always marked out on it. I loved it. I loved that they continue to do it. I mean, I just saw – I was at my buddy's house the other day, and he showed me on the network they keep redoing the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Interviews that we did a long time ago, just different parts. They plug in the current stars talking about it. And this time they had, like, all the current top guys. You know, Randy Orton, uh, John Cena made some comments, Cody Rowe, like a bunch of guys. And they're all talking about, we thought it was real. Like, they're little kids. They're in school. And they're thinking, we really thought that the WWE sent them down there to take over. Like, I mean, and to look back on it and think, wow, it had that kind of impact on guys. I'll never forget I was at TV when they came to Atlanta one time, and Bailey, who I'm a huge mark for, yeah. was wearing a Razor baseball jacket. Yeah. They still put they put out Razor merch still. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, they I, have that, a Razor hoodie. I had a Razor Christmas ornament. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, speaking of all that NWO stuff, like I, I, I mentioned to you, uh, it might have been last night or something in a text that I, I just had uh, lunch with Barry Bloom, who kind of, yeah. that's how everything got started. Well, and Barry was the one who, when he drew up the contract, when, when we returned, was that he drew up that Kev, I, and one other person will share in one half of the NWO merch. So every time they sell NWO merch, me, Kevin, Hulk get a check yeah. for NWO stuff. Then I get all the Razor stuff and all the, you know, now, see, back in the day when I was on their first video game, and there was only about eight or nine guys, now they put everybody on it. So oh, yeah. the royalties from then are a lot smaller. But back then, man, like, I remember Coliseum video. And they would change the banners and would say, Coliseum video. It's like, oh, man, I got to do this stuff. And I was like, no, you want to be on these. Because you get paid by Coliseum. The, the, the matches weren't fun because they were at the end of the night and the people were dead, but the, you got paid. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, they, they were on VHS back then. Hey, did you know oh, yeah. Coliseum Video was originally an, an adult uh, video company? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Only, only you would have that kind of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you, man. You, you dappled in that field a little bit, I heard. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, hey, yeah, um, that officer. Hey, is there anybody want to uh, hit Scott with some last last minute stuff before we get going? Yeah, I wanted to know uh, who are you most looking forward to to seeing again at Raw twenty five. My boy, I'm only looking forward to seeing Kid Pop. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> There's never been a time. There has never been a time when I have run into him, no matter where my life was personally, and I would run into him in an airport or something. He always made me smile, and he does now. Now he's in such a good place. You know, his, his health, he looks incredible. He's got, he's in better shape than when he wrestled. Oh, yeah. Way better. Yeah, and, and, his, and his head's in good space. I think Lou has a lot to do with that. Yeah, she's yeah. a big part. Yeah. No, that little rescue dog rescued you. But I was you doing damn, you. I was doing really good before I found her. Well, that's what I mean. That's why I, I'm a Christian, so I believe God plays, put you guys together. Oh, for sure. Oh, so, definitely. I mean, because, like, had you not been in a good place, you wouldn't have been able to take care of her. Because she can't take care of herself. She got one eye, one job. Yeah. Like, didn't you spend a couple grand taking her to the vet? Yeah, I got. She had to have a couple surgeries. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like, 
But to see that the positive effect that you being in the right headspace and having that companion, yeah, you know, like that's why they do what they do with people with PTSD, which I suffer from, and and stuff like that. I don't, but see, I don't know, I don't like, I've never been around dogs. Yeah. Like when Cody was here, he rescued a cat. We had a cat for a while. It's a lot easier to take care of a cat. No, well, you can't travel with a cat. No. <laughs> you know, cats like to hang out at home and they barely come around you at home. But like, I was thinking about maybe I'll just get one of those little dogs too and just carry it around. <laughs> Last time I saw you had like a baby carrier. <laughs> yeah. Lou with, you know. yeah. I'm sure cool. I'm sure I'll see Lou in New York, right? You will. She's heading, she's coming to Raw twenty five. Nice. Whether yeah, they I'll, like I'll, it or I'm not. Sure. <laughs> no, I saw I saw that you posted something about like she was stressing her. Well, she was excited because you went to Australia. Yeah, because she thought she was going she, with. And she's thinking, okay, another road trip. And then yeah. it was like, it was breaking your heart. You couldn't take her. She, she cut a promo on me when I got back from the gym for leaving her at home. And I went to the gym this morning. <laughs> Holy crap. The gym crap. is closed here. Everything is closed. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, do some ab, luckily, do the ab wheel. Luckily, I stocked up on food. Do the ab wheel. No, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I only have... You know, I know some of the young guys, but I don't know them that closely. You know, I know them from watching them wrestle. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Kid Pac. I'm looking forward to seeing Big Grouchy Kev. Because he'll be there. Yeah, he will. How many times does he say, I'm not coming in Well, show. that's when you know he's coming for sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, I just, when he said that, I don't argue with myself. Well, get well soon. Because sometimes he said, well, I'm not going. I go, oh, gee, they'll have to cancel the whole damn uh-huh. thing. <laughs> yeah. Either well, they'll just cancel the whole show if you don't show up, Kev. <laughs> so, hey, Bill, do you have anything? No, no we're, we're good, good, man. And TK, anyone? Anyone? Bueller? I mean, I have stuff, but yeah. I'll wrap it up. All right. Well, we're going to get... <laughs> Hello? Hey, man. That's okay. I think he hung Still. up on us. <laughs> or he's joking with you again. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, this has been, it's been tough with the... Uh, oh, thanks for having me, Pac. Hey, there you are. There you are. I just want to say that you are having done your first broadcast yeah. and then doing this at the last minute. You are, and I don't do these, you know, but I like I'll do radio, like local radio, the yeah. sports channel want me to come and promote it. And I think I'll go by tomorrow and do that. But you are so much better now, bro. You've hit Thanks, your stride man. and I'm so proud of you. I saw that. Thing you sent me about that event coming up in Johnstown. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, the the, the uh, breaking the cycle of addiction. Yeah, well, and yeah. one guy's going to addiction is not a crime. He's running for the Senate and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's and I think like it's an honor to be asked to do that, Scott. Well, go through what we go through so that you know, like how many of our peers are dead who exactly. live the same lifestyle we did, who actually introduced us to that lifestyle. Yeah, and and they're all dead. So I think like guys like me and you are here for a reason. Yeah, I was just yeah. saying like oh. last night. My I, a lot of sad, a lot of sad endings to our stories. Mine's not going to be I, one. Uh, of them. I saw, it. Yeah. yeah, and you said, and I'm not going to be one. Yeah, because I saw some guy posted like, "Well, do you think that your demons were were a hamper on your career?" <laughs> no, he, he, he actually <laughs> you said, "Do you think your, he bro. said, do you, yeah, he said, like, do you think do you think your career was a failure because of your drug and alcohol?" I said, "No, I said I think it was a, a huge success in spite of yeah. it." Yeah, and tell him to check the ratings because when you left and went back to Raw, leaving Nitro, that's when me and Kev went, screw it. You you let our buddy go? Well, F you. And yeah. then you went up there and popped the territory, and, cool. and Nitro never won another Monday night. So After you, sh- after you showed up the first time, the, the tide shifted, and you were yeah. the one responsible. So the things... I, 
The thing- a lot of people don't give you credit for that. I felt this ever thought until you left. Then he went, oh, my God, I should have held on to him. Yeah, he was. You know, look, like, Scott just said that Vince didn't really know. He, he wasn't. He well, didn't come at, he didn't he come at me as much back guys then. Because yeah. Vince is a big guy. Yeah. Vince is a big guy, so all his top guys were big guys. And, you know, you were the first, like, cruiserweight guy to ever get over huge with the audience. Yeah. Now they've got a lot of tiny guys. They've got a 205 show on their network, and they feature the smaller guys. But in that era... It was all big guys. And remember, the the ring was like a billiard table because there would be they'd have battle rolls and there'd be twenty yeah. three hundred pound guys in there. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> it, it made you really not want to go to the ring every night. It, it was. It really I'll never, made it I'll hard. never forget the first time I took a bump in a WCW ring after being on Vince's for years, and and it's like a tack the mat because yeah. if you don't, it hurts worse. I'll never forget hitting a ring and almost bounced back to my feet. <laughs> I remember going to Kev, wait do you take a bump? Oh my god, it's like a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> and I was and me and Kev had so much stroke with Bischoff at that point. I remember thinking, because his was 18 by 18. The rings were a little bit smaller, Vince's 20 by 20. I remember going, we just gotta talk Eric into making the rings a little bit bigger. And Mike was right there and he went, The rings are fine. Yeah. They make me look faster. It's true. Uh, it's the smaller I rings. Mean, you, the smaller I mean, ring, you got it, Mots. You the, got it, Mots. The smaller rings tighten up the action. I talk about that a lot. It doesn't look as good, but the action's a lot tighter. Well, it forces. I always felt like the guys crowding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you're used to like, working in, in Europe. But those rings were tiny. Oh, they're, yeah, they're brutal. Yeah. Those are like <laughs> sixteen by sixteen, fourteen by fourteen. So, but by but by then, once you get in a certain mode, you know how it is when you reach yeah. a certain level in your career. You everybody turns the. Time turns everybody babyface. Yeah. So you go in there and sell a little bit, then beat the guy. So it doesn't really matter. But if you're a villain, I don't like the guy being all over me. Yeah. So, hey, the main things. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. The main things that we learned in this conversation is that botch of me in the, in the rematch was all Scott's fault. <laughs> number one. <laughs> And I'll number and number two, I'll I deserve I deserve all the credit for WWE beating WCW in the Monday Night Wars. I agree. I concur. Thank you. And um, you're a breath of fresh air. I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> reference. I love it. <laughs> I love you, Scott. All right, I love you too, buddy. You coming in Sunday night? Uh, yeah, I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to try coming straight from uh, my show in Akron. So yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. Right, I'll now. see you there, buddy. I right. love you. Love Bye, you guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott. All right. Well, it was really a good conversation, except for all the technical difficulties. Yeah, but when the people see this, they won't know about that, because it's going to edit together so nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be great. Mm, Nice. I hope so. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of Poor Mark. Mark, you got a long day ahead of you. Mark's Mark's in there with scotch tape, like, cutting the... I got a couple of cuts to make. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we do the best we can. Sometimes uh, there's technical difficulties. That was a great conversation, though. Did you enjoy it? Oh, it was awesome. Kidding yeah. Kid talk to Scott Hall. Come on. So, all right. Well, let's well, go ahead and get some. So Saturday the twentieth, you'll be in Akron, yeah. Ohio, for LEW Fierce is the name of the show. Uh, tickets are available at TicketTour.com. There's a VIP package for. Sean. How do you spell Ticket Tour? Ticket and then O R. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ticket Tour. <laughs> ticket Tour. Oh. Yeah. The He-Man yeah, character yeah, that's <laughs> gives what you tickets. Like. Uh, so we got that going on the 20th. You'll be at the Raw 25th anniversary on Monday. 
Um, you also have your Royal Rumble viewing party at Duffy's Bar and Grill in Chicago. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com for that. And then in February on the 24th, you'll be at the Breaking breaking this, breaking this Cycle of Addiction speech at Town Hall. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Anything else? Denise? All right. Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. And don't you have a YouTube channel? And I all do, that? but I just got depressing new. My channel is no longer available for monetization because YouTube changed their program rules. So oh, um, I'm a little depressed about that. Wonderful. <laughs> so don't watch Denise on YouTube. Yeah. I, I got two words for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. And thank you to all the fans that came out at the signing this weekend and talked about how much they love listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'm everywhere at Sundown Motel. Check out uprocks.com, uh, with spandex.com, uprocks.com slash pro wrestling. Just today we uploaded a new episode of our podcast that has Woken Matt Hardy on it. Oh, great. It's a fun conversation. We asked him what would happen if we threw Bray Wyatt into the lake of reincarnation. We asked him if King Maxwell's going to fight Kurt Hawkins. Lots of good stuff on there. And uh, if you're coming to PCW Ultra this weekend, say hi to me and Jimbo because we'll be there representing. Nice. Oh, yeah. And tomorrow's Candice LeRae's last independent show before she goes to the WWE at Bar Wrestling. Yeah. So if you can make it out, please She's come be fighting it Joey Ryan in the main event. It's oh, going to be yeah. amazing. The yeah. cutest tag team explodes. Nice. All right, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure uh, who the guest is next week. Uh, but Kevin Gill in studio. Yeah. Oh, wait, but then we still might have a guest. Okay. Oh. Oh, uh, you can follow us on After Buzz TV. You can follow us on Twitter, The Real XPOC, IG XPOC12360, Facebook, XPOC12360 Show. Don't forget to give us uh, five stars or better, or five stars, on iTunes and write your comments on YouTube. Also, if you do want to support Jab- Jazzy Gabert, you can go on uh, GoFundMe.com slash Alpha Female Surgery Support. And you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Cool. All right, everyone. We'll see you right here next week on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!